everybody. This is World History in Under 10 Minutes. I'm Eleanor Merchant, and today we're asking the question, should prisons be a place of punishment or of reform? And can quote-unquote bad people be reformed? In this episode, we'll be looking at examples from the past, more specifically the Enlightenment in Europe, and compare it to today, and then bring that together to figure out what's going on. So take 18th century England, for example. Um, this was a place, and I will say this was also happening all across Europe. There were so many public executions that were meant to frighten the people from committing crimes. But what's interesting is that the prosecution of the criminals largely remained in the hands of the victims. So the victims were left to do the organization and form their own investigation. And because of this, they could act, act rashly. Um, here's an example. If, say, a necklace was stolen that was an heirloom of the victim, from an outside perspective, you'd think, oh, the man simply stole a random ne- necklace. Whereas to the victim, the accused person stole something of great importance that was very valuable to them personally. Which this also brings up the question, what was the accused person's motive and did they know the person? So there's so many different sides to look at it. And when you don't, when you have it from the victim's perspective, usually the punishment could end up being a lot worse than what the criminal actually deserves. So the accused person would end up in prison for however long the victim decided. But say if the crime had been a lot worse, there was something called a bloody code in England, which was a list of deeds punishable by death. And if the crime committed fell under one of these categories, no question, the person would be sentenced to execution. But let's say the crime committed wasn't that bad. Say that the man ended up in prison. Well, what would this prison look like? Let's travel to France, more specifically to the famous prison, um, forgive my pronunciation, the Baden of Toulon which was a prison opened in 1748, which and it also closed in 1873. Um, you might have heard it referenced before in Les Miserables. Um, but at this prison, there was forced labor and overall in- uncomfortable conditions, which is what you would think of in a typical, um, stereotypical prison. So from hearing about these prisons, you can kind of tell that there wasn't much reform going on. It was mainly a movement to get as many criminals off the street as possible, pretty much, even if the conditions were terrible. So what are philosophers thinking behind this? What's the logic going on in people's brains and um, reasoning for crime in general at this time? Well, we can take a trip to colonial America and um, meet a man named Caesar Beccaria, who published a book called On Crimes and Punishment, which encouraged the theory of rational thought. Um, and also, he believed that incarceration was a punishment for crimes that broke the quote-unquote social contract that every citizen enters into when they belong to a society, um, which is, from what I understand, the laws and just general rules within the society. Um, 
He also believed that the death penalty was simply a form of crime prevention. And again, this goes back to um, Britain when they would have public executions just to show the public like, hey, don't commit crimes because this is going to want to happen. This is what's going to happen. And um, he also believed that punishments should be predictable and proportionate to the offense, which reminds me of the saying, an eye for an eye, an ear for an ear, etc. So his original philosophy, um, rational thought theory, is the belief that people make rational choices to commit crimes and people will make choices that benefit themselves, whether that means committing a crime or not. Um, and I quote an article saying, this is the key to the relationship between laws and crime. While individuals will rationally look for their best interests, this might entail deviant acts, and the law, which is made to preserve the social contract, will try to stop the deviant acts. Um, pretty self-explanatory, right? He also believed, and I quote, that with the right punishment or threat, the criminal justice system can control the free-willed and rational human being. The problem, however, that the criminal justice system has is finding the right punishment. Again, this is 18th century talk, so you can kind of apply it to today and just ponder over that and think, what does it mean in today's situation? While you ponder, I'm going to go get a snack because all this deep thinking is making me extremely hungry. All right, we're back, and now we're going to bring it forward to today and um, think about the question in terms of the 21st century. Um, up, up until recently, they, the prisons have mostly always been a place of punishment. And if you think about it, there's likely to always be people that commit crimes. There always have been and likely always will be. And in that sense, there are always going to be, quote unquote, bad people. But it really depends on um, the scale and the degree of the crime, whether or not they could be reformed after committing those crimes. Say you have theft. In my opinion, it's likely that reform is possible. But if you incarcerate a serial killer who has a psychological mindset to um, programmed to commit violent crimes, it's going to be a lot harder to reform them and um, see how their brain works and how it's thinking. In an interview with a friend, um, they said that it might be possible to reform for all crimes, but you could still keep them in prison. But that also brings up the question, would that be a waste of money if you're going to keep them in the prison? Um, and not release them back into society. Of course, in every situation, there's always some sort of exception, which is why I've, after research, I personally believe that it should be done on a case-by-case basis, deciding whether or not um, reform or simply being put in jail should be the course of action. That's a lot to chew, but I'm going to leave you with the question. Where is the line between reform and punishment? 
what kind of crimes should be reformed and what kind of crimes should be punished? And what kind of specific cases would there be that make the lines a little bit more blurry? Thanks for listening. I'm Eleanor Merchant. Stay tuned for the next episode.